Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. But because of who you are, we are able to continue to see beyond even what you've already done. And we thank you. We are grateful. As the scripture said, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving. I'll go into your courts with praise. Two things I'll do. I'll be grateful and I'll praise your name because you are the everlasting king of glory. I will exalt you. I will lift you up all the days of my life. In my falling down and in my getting up will I praise you. In my successes and in my failures will I praise you. For you alone are worthy of all my praise. Am I the only one in this room tonight who believes what I'm saying? If you believe what I'm saying, somebody needs to shout amen to God and say thank you. Thank you, Redeemer and Most High God. Oh, hallelujah to his holy name. I will exalt you. And I will lift you up above all things, for you, God, have brought me through the hardest and most difficult fires. You have not caused my soul to be burned, but you have made me glad. Hallelujah. Somebody shout yes, yes, yes in this place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, you may think I'm radical, but I'll tell you something. It's just ridiculous to have a God like we do and not know how to shout at him. Mm, mm, mm. It's just plain and simple to me that if you've got anything that good, it should take the frown off your face. That's the all there is to it. And if you've fallen down and you've ever got dirty and he washed you in his blood, I don't know why it is that people have such a hard time getting emotional over that. Because it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't know about you. But it's the best thing that has ever and, and continues to happen for me. Now, last night we talked about faith. Tonight we're going to talk about vessels. I want you to know something. As I observe my body and my life, I realize I'm not worthy of anything I've got. I, I didn't earn anything I've got. Everything I've got came through mercy and grace. Somebody better look at somebody and say, you better move over because he's about to slap you and tell you the truth. Can, he, can you say amen? Everything I own came through mercy and grace. My cars, my houses, any money I've got, any lands I own, anything came through mercy and grace. I didn't, I didn't wasn't raised with nothing, but God was able to open the heavens and speak loudly and cause men to give and things to happen. And he moved mountains and he uh, opened up seas and put me on dry land and brought me over to promise. Can you say amen? Oh, somebody needs to shout yes about this. But everything I have and everything you have, whether you know it or not, has come through mercy and has come through grace. So if we ever get high-headed about anything we ever achieve, 
I think we might ought to just lower it a little bit and realize tomorrow might look different. So, hey, you don't really want to, you don't really want to do nothing while the sun is shining that will cause you not to be able to do the same thing in the rain. Come on, somebody. See, God don't just use um, silver vessels or God don't just use golden vessels. Everybody wants to be silver or gold. But he don't just use those things. God uses people who know how to yield to him in any circumstance. Now, I had to learn the hard way. I don't know about you, but I had to learn the hard way not to allow my emotion to rule my judgment. Mm. I felt that go out and just stop somewhere. I don't know where it stopped, but wherever it stopped, you might want to get it. I learned a long time ago that I would not always feel uh, what it is that I'm going to do. That is God. As a matter of fact, I probably wouldn't feel it most of the time. But I'm like Dolly Parton. I've laughed all the way to the bank. You understand what I'm saying? Because the benefits that came with not allowing my emotion to rule my judgment paid off. And God bless me and God blesses you in spite of yourself if you know how to manage yourself. I know that's good. Y'all just ain't shouting yet. <laughs> but God told me many years ago, if you're trying to get yourself to a place where that I can use you, it'll take you the rest of your life and the next one too. Now, I thought myself then that the devil was talking to me, so I rebuked it. But as time moved forward, I realized it was God because I had to stop that foolishness and realize that it was the blood and it was the cross of Calvary and it was the payment that he made that opened my successes in God. And all that happened to me uh, throughout all of that was nothing more than just God foreknew me and God had placed in me. See, he did you too. I want you to say God foreknew me. God knew me before the foundations of the world. And he placed me in the earth with a specific personality. Now, it may not have looked that like that personality that he specifically designed for me for a while because the culture that I was raised in certainly changed that personality. And things that happened to me certainly changed that personality. But God never changed his mind about it at all. And so what he pulled on them was something I wasn't aware of that was in the uh, former days of my being in God before I got here. And so God started talking to the man I wasn't while I was the man I was. You see, God talks to who you're not as you are who you think you are. And he pulls on what you don't know you've got so he can deposit it into who you are so that who you are can become who he said you were before the foundations of the world. 
And so if you are somebody that you don't like right now, it's because you're living a lie and God has made you a truth. Can you say amen? And it's not that we know we are. It's simply because God foreknew us and God predestined us to be able to walk in the victory, the successes of the cross so that he could use us and perform through us his mighty miracles. Can you say amen? I said we are a mighty, mighty workmanship of the Lord. As a matter of fact, that God, said, God says we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. Now, I don't know about you, but if he fearfully and wonderfully made me, that means he considered everything about me before I ever entered this hemisphere. And he knew my frailties and my flaws. And he covered them. Oh, y'all, ain't nobody believes me but me. But thank you, Jesus, that I've got this revelation. Praise the Lord. Matthew 9, 14. I think it is. Um, you know what, though, I think I only, only wrote down 16, so just go to 16. But no one puts a piece of shrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the worst tear is a result. So we think that, you know, that old cloth isn't worth anything. Yes, it is. We think that new cloth isn't worth anything. Yes, it is. But everything new I get has to be tried so it fits into what God foreknew. Or it'll pull away from it. Every revelation I get has to be tried or it'll pull away from what was foreknown. It'll become pride-bound. It'll become religious. It'll become a denomination. Or it'll pull away from what God foreknew. When Pentecost happened, it was a reality of the Holy Ghost. But it became a denomination. And it pulled away from what God foreknew. Oh, it's quiet in here. But I will kill this sacred cow. We formed religions called Pentecost. We built churches on holiness. Can't no man be holy unto self. Can't no man be Pentecostal on his own. It's an experience. It's out, it, it, it comes out of the, 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 the lowings of God. There'll never be another Azusa. People worshipped it and made it a golden calf. There'll never be some replicas of other preachers who performed great miracles in our earth and we know their names. Because man cannot see and has not been able to, at least, in the community of God, how it is that all those were promotions of God to identify what God can do and what, what God will do through giftings. But that man just carried a gift or that woman just carried a gift or that person just carried a part of God. And so they pulled away from the garment. God has garmented his church with himself, which is the ancient of days. The ancient of days is a revelatory statement, which means both now and then and before time, 
Before time, there was God. After and in time, there came God. God made man in time. But God took him out of eternity and placed him in time. And what eternity knew about you and what eternity knew about me, we will go back to. We will go back to God. We never do die. We came out from life and we will go back to life. There is no death in the kingdom of God. There is no sorrow in the kingdom of Y'all ain't hearing me. Your folks ain't dead. They are very much alive applauding you and screaming and hollering, carry on the kingdom. Carry on the voice of the Lord. Carry on the power of the Holy Spirit. Carry on. God don't use many golden and silver vessels. God don't use any many people who think that they have it all. God uses broken vessels. God uses people who have to pray. God uses people who look in the mirror and say, help me, for I know from where I came. God uses people who literally understand without the Holy Ghost touch on their life, they would be most, most evil. God uses people who fall down seven times and have all of the scars on them to show it. God uses people who have walked through the valley of death and come out alive. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, he does. So if you're sitting in this room and you think God can't use you, the devil is a liar. God has chosen to use you before the foundation of the world. But he don't use you like the spirit of whoredom. He uses you like a family spirit. He uses you as a son and as a daughter in the kingdom of God. And he came here to tell you tonight that you are his daughter and his son and you are a golden and a silver vessel to him but most of all you are yielded because of the power of the Holy Spirit but no one puts it on there or it pulls away have you ever wondered why people get all excited and, and, and you know they get all victorious and, and all of a sudden you don't, you don't they pull away you don't see them anymore it's because they haven't yet grasped that the experience does not outweigh the garment they're wearing. Just because I spoke in tongues and rolled in the floor and felt the power of God don't mean that I am altogether wonderful. I'm like popcorn. Get me hot enough and I'll pop, baby. You know, that's just the way it is. But we got to kill this concept, y'all. Or we'll never be happy. We'll never be able to worship God in spirit. We think we got to feel this thing to worship God. Pastor Lila has to, has, has to or, or, or the leader who, they have to lead the right song, maybe, or something ain't right. Because we drag all this new stuff in with us, this stuff we've experienced today, this, this piece of fabric that we just sewed on. Somebody hurt my feelings fabric, so to speak. So, somebody spit on me. Somebody gave, you know, raised up the wrong finger to me. Everything went wrong today. Oh, y'all, come on, life is life. Something went wrong in the traffic today, and we drag it in with us. My husband just, just, just said something to me to hurt my feelings. Shouldn't have married the dude. Well, that's, I ain't going to argue with you about that. I don't know, but. But we drag it in, don't we? We drag it in, and we're not conscious of it because we forgot how to get in the gate. 
We want somebody else to open the gate. Nobody will open your gate for you because you are the only one that opens your gate. You might feel when somebody else opens their gate. Somebody opened the gate last night. I want to tell y'all something. If you weren't here, it was absolutely amazing. Somebody opened the gate, and their gate was so full that it spilled all over this house. Are you hearing me? But we don't know how to open the gate. We don't know to have a thankful heart when we, even when we don't have nothing to be thankful for. We don't know how to have a praiseful spirit even though we don't feel praiseful. See, sometimes you got to crucify the, the flesh with its effect. Sometimes you got to lay down all those affections you have toward what just happened to you and realize the only way out of here is I'm going to open up my gate and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to stand in God's presence. It'll pull away. I tell churches all the time everywhere I go, don't let what happened to you pull you away from the ancient of days. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles. You can't unlearn. If you don't want to unlearn something, you can't learn anything new. Because what some, some of what we have learned won't receive anything from the ancient of days. Concepts have real problems when it comes to challenging them when that they are sacred to us. Right? We all got sacred stuff. We were, we were in a conference and somebody preached something and said that communion's really not juice and crackers. And I, somebody got mad. They just got mad. I thought, well, it's not. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Where did you come out? What planet are you on, preacher? Well, I can't, I can't take that out of my church. I said, he didn't say take it out of the church. He was trying to help you when you're serving to know what you're doing besides trying to make people crazy with a cracker and some juice. You know what I'm saying? We got some sacred cows. We just literally let moo all the time while we wonder why that we're not growing and shaking up the world. Everything God says is progressive. Hear me. He's still writing in the book. We have a pattern, but he's still writing in the book. You don't have to believe me. But for God to be quiet, God is endless in information. God, we don't know anything about God compared to who he is. The Bible said he's many faceted. We are constantly learning and unlearning, evolving and growing, being delivered from false concepts and coming into a place to where that his kingdom is as allowable and as powerful and as real as anything that we could ever imagine. You see, the kingdom of God is not just meat, nor is it drink, but the Bible says it is what? The Bible says that it is righteousness. Well, I don't want you to ever think that we could ever self be righteous. The Bible says we are righteous because 
because he made us righteous. Hallelujah. So it's something that he did, not something that we do. It's something that we receive, not something that we built ourselves. Righteousness, then it's peace. Most of us don't know how to walk in the peace of that righteousness. We're always trying to get it right. We're always trying to get God to pay us some attention. When the Bible says his heart panteth after us. Listen to me. Every one of us in this room, you're as nigh to God as you're ever going to be. But we have to respond to God the way he really is. He's a father. He's not a, a wife beater. He is a father. He's not a son beater. He is a father. He wants to woe you into the kingdom of God and love you and nurture you and raise you so that you are full of all that he is. You know, there is something about a mother and a, and a, and a child or a father and a child. They can, your, your, your kid can mess up like, I want to kill you. Matter of fact, if I had a gun, I think I'd, 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 I'd threaten to shoot you. That's, you know, you, you feel like you just want to, you know, you're a daddy. But you never would. As a matter of fact, if anybody else threatens your baby, they're going to get shot. See, that's, that, 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 that covenant you have that came out of the ancient of days that was just a natural affection that came with being a daddy. It's the way your father God is. He'll discipline you. But don't you let somebody without his heart ever touch you. That's why it's so important to understand we don't go to church. We are a body being nurtured to show forth the excellence of that nurturing. We're not church attendees. We're not that religious. We don't take sacraments on Sunday, every Sunday. The priest doesn't give us a wafer and um, some some grape juice so that we are our wine so that we can be um, absolved. Yet we've let that stuff creep into our thinking. We have to be absolved all the time. You are once and for all forgiven. The repercussions of living where that you're forgiven is that your sin hurts you. Sin simply means missing the mark. It will pull you away from the ancient and place you in the present. Because all sin takes place in the present. Mm, Ain't nobody listening to me, Lord. I'm going to have a drink. This is why God teaches us, deal with it immediately. Recognize it. Move on. The truth is this. The truth is is that we don't pour what God just did into former stuff. This is what the struggle of ministry is today. We got ministers who don't want to be relevant. They are copycats. They don't want to be sons. They don't want to have a revelation that exceeds their father. Any son has to exceed the father. It is right. But they don't exceed the father based on pride. It is DNA placed in them that can still absorb and does continue to absorb new wine. 
So they gain new bottles. You can't put new bottles with bottle killers. You can't put fresh blood in contaminated blood and it doesn't contaminate it. So we have to learn how to receive freshness and not be afraid of the change it brings. We have to not be afraid to change the order. Not be afraid to just make it different. Not be afraid to let a new thing happen. Because it's only natural that I grow old and my sons that are young come up and out-preach me. And I want them to try right now. You understand because I'm still on fire. And if I can throw some fire on you tonight, if you're a preacher, may I throw all I've got, take everything I've got. I'm ready to sit. But I'm telling you straight up right now, there is one way for anything to happen in America. And that is not a revival. That is that some sons and some daughters begin to carry. They begin to carry not just the burden of the tomorrow, not just trying to do what daddy did, but look up and begin to realize, I have something sown on me that can expand with time and with this time God has built within me I'm able to do a triumph work all because I was nurtured and brought to a place to where I could be an honorable vessel dishonor is among us because we don't have covenant anything that doesn't have covenant is dishonorable Covenant requires us to hide people's stuff. When Noah's son went in on him and reported his nakedness, we know what was thought about that. The others backed in on him. Y'all hearing me? Covenant will back in on something and never let nobody know he was that way. Why? Because a father can deliver, but a gossip can destroy. I don't know where we thought in our modern society called charisma and the charismatic church that we ever had the right to look at anybody. To think that they had everything of the ancient of days in place. That's what makes God, God. And us not God. We are fallible. And we are flawed. And we can fail. But here's the beauty of it. There is a God who takes my, my flaws, my inabilities, and he softens me with them. He don't harden me. He softens me because humility takes over. Once I see myself as I am, the new fabric starts to get washed. It starts to get softened and pliable, and it can stretch. It starts to be able to bond Because it don't want to stand out by itself. Pride will stand out. Humility will blend in. The spirit that will usher tomorrow 
is not the same spirit that ushered yesterday. Hollywood is over in the church, my friend. Stars have fallen. They were shooting stars. But God our Father will stand forever. And the family spirit that he created in the ancient of the worlds still remains. And it will always remain. And for God to shake something. The Bible says I will shake everything that can be shaken. And that that remains will be the kingdom of God. He will shake methods. He will shake doctrines. He will shake societies. He will shake governments. He will shake worlds. Because the earth is the Lord's. It never belonged to any old ugly piece being sown onto the ancient of days. Oh, come on, preach with me tonight. The earth is the Lord's. It's our Father's. It's yours, sons of God. And it will never be handed over to something that is of a bastard mentality. I hope you can hear me. Because if you think you're going through a lull, you're going through the greatest transition of the world. I just believe it's just about over. Maybe for you. But this prophet knows better. There are times I ask God to let it be over because I ain't got no itch to scratch. But see, it could have been over in Gethsemane. I would just stay with me. I'll get you out in good time. It could have all been over in Gethsemane. But for some odd reason, that heart had to be exposed looking like defeat. I mean, if you think everybody was trying to get a credit card to go buy some of Jesus, you're wrong. His own disciples decided to cash in. Your, my Savior, my Lord Jesus, was treated like a murderer and a thief. Now, we sang beautiful songs to him today, and we built great edifices to him. But nobody would have believed that while he was hanging on the Roman cross. Not nobody. And when Jesus said on that cross to his father, he, he said something he had never felt because something had to pull away from the ancient of days. And what pulled away from the ancient of days was not what the ancient of days had put him there for. It was what was felt by that new revelation. He had never felt being absent from his father. And it pulled away and it broke him. And he said, why? Everyone who is in a change for greatness says, why? Why is this happening? How could this be happening? Because greatness can't happen without a renewal. 
And Jesus said something on the cross that brought us to tonight. It is finished. And the enemy hates those words so bad that he decided that the only way he could stop it is finished in the earth was to allow people to assemble and give them doctrines that discounted the righteousness of God and put them under law living and bring them into the bondage world so that they could be perverted in their doctrines and never achieve government in the earth. Because if they could achieve government in the earth, the devil will never get out the air. He'll never get on the planet. And he knew it. The only thing that keeps him on the planet right now is absolute lies that God's sons have believed. It's not the sinner. Because sin was taken care of at the cross. It has no dominion. It is the unbelief of the church that has allowed that antichrist spirit to remain in the earth. And the only way to get that antichrist spirit out of the earth is for us to know something. And that is that God isn't shaking us for destruction. God is shaking us for our greatest deliverance. God isn't shaking us to kill us. God's shaking us to raise us up. God isn't giving these young men revelation that exceeds me just to give it to them. He's giving it to them because the earth has to have it. Every hour of the earth is a time hour. And if I can't transition my ministry into that time, I have, it, my ministry is over. It'll wind down. But if I can transition into that time, I will supersede the hour that I was in and I will fly like an eagle. Oh, I believe I can fly. Can you say Amen. There's a little song that says, I believe I can touch the sky. Think about it every night and day. Come on, somebody. The reality is if you can come out of the time you're in and realize God is not going to let you believe a lie. The Bible said he will not let his children stay in darkness. And that simply means that he's going to light the candle somewhere. He's going to bring revelation from somewhere. He's going to call somebody to stand up and promote what will set you free. He said, the wine will run out and waste, and the bottles will perish. He said, I, I would that none would perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Say, say, say with me, I need to be renovated. I say that all the time. You don't renovate me, Lord. My old crazy man will just keep on talking. God, God, God gave me a sense of humor, and that sense of humor, it, it works for me because that's what I tell him. I said, you know, Lord, if you don't talk to me, I'll keep talking because I like to talk. And somebody said, well, if you would, you got to shut up to listen. I guarantee you don't. I guarantee you don't. God has one of the loudest voices I have ever heard while I'm talking. And I can't tell you all about that because if I did, I'd tell you all my secrets. But I'm just telling you, God has one of the loudest voices I've ever heard. <laughs> Exodus 35, 30. Then Mises said to the sons of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezel, Bezel, 
the son, I don't know how to say that, the son of Uriah, the son of her in the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him, everybody say filled him, with the Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. What is the Spirit of God like? The Bible says it's full of love. The Bible says the spirit, God is a spirit. That spirit is love. But we need to define that. In wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all, everybody say, craftsmanship. To make designs in working in gold and in silver and in bronze. So he's making us crafters of gold and of silver and of bronze. And in the cutting, now y'all know I've been talking about stones. And in the cutting of stones, not brickmakers, the cutting of stones. I believe in the hours to come, this is why some have to uh, uh, take journeys, do things, exceed the education they have, all these kind of things. I believe that God is making ministers and people precise on what it is that they will do. Very precise. You see, because in the old day, we had to do it all. Sing, dance, preach, prophesy, sweep the floor, clean the toilets, pay the bills. Help me. Ain't that right? Yeah. And that was Jesus. That's the way people were trained to think. You're a servant to me, and they paid us $50 a week. And then wondered why we were so skinny. We couldn't even buy a meal to make cornbread, much less a bowl of beans. You know what I'm saying? But boy, could we shout and dance and kick over pews. Lord God Almighty. Anyhow, it's fun until you got hungry. But I believe this. I, I have believed this for a long time, and God's really downloaded this into me so I can speak better about it. What good, as I have, if you were here all these nights, you heard about bricks and you heard about stones, and now we're talking about that again. What good would it be to have all this pile of rocks? And not know what to do with them. And so, if we have a pile of rocks and we don't know what to do with them, you can cut that off if you know how. If you don't, I'm coming over there to do it. I hear that crazy thing. You know, I'm crazy. I leave my phone on during church. Glory to God. You can tell I've been around the world, so nothing really bothers me. Oh, my God. You know I'm in revival. That's my associate pastor. Anyhow. I believe, that, <laughs> I believe that God is going to make you guys, you people, whoever is, is really going to be engaged in the future, very precise. And they will know how to not cross over each other's borders so that the whole can be um, created and that the picture can be painted broadly instead of narrowly. If the picture is painted broadly, then we get a, a total and complete counsel of God. We don't just get a prophetic church. We don't just get somebody who has a, a revelation to preach. We, we don't just get a, a, a church who can teach. We don't just get a singing church. We get it all. We get everything that God has in his counsel so that the people are made healthy. It won't pull away from the ancient because the ancient intended that. That was God's plan. When he intended to organize, he organized. We, I don't know. I say to people all the time, why did we ever come sit on seats if we don't go out into the highways and the byways and have anything to say? So the truth is, is God organized us so that we could become very precise, very 
very good at what we do. If we're a teacher, we will teach. If we're a prophet, we will, we will do prophetic things and we'll prophesy. If we're an apostle, we'll have a sin ministry. Can you say amen? We'll know what we're doing. The reality is, is that we really now are going to embrace, I do believe, a complete transformation in the body of Christ and see that what God had for the earth was not a church that just shifted and moved around and got its blessings, but it was something that could govern atmospheres where it was placed. It was something that demons weren't just afraid of but that they did not have any power over. You see, one can put a thousand, two can put ten. Think about what three, four hundred can do if they're in unity. When God begins to build us the way that I believe that he wants to build us, we will have a heart for it. We will have an ear for it. So that's why he shakes everything that can be shaken. He moves everything that can be moved so that we will have humility enough to believe and to listen. As long as it works for us, we won't stop. Thank you, whoever said it. I was counseling somebody, and I said, well, is that working for you? And they said, well, I'm okay. I said, then I ain't got nothing to say to you. Because as long as it works for you, you're not going to hear anything else. And then here's another thing, and I'll move on. We often don't know it's not working. Oh, you can think about that. The cutting of stones for the setting and the carving of wood so that the so to perform in every inventive work. He will work in every stone for a master design to take place. I believe God has a master design for this house. I believe it's being, evident, uh, being sown in front of you. I believe that God has a master design for your life. I believe that he does. And I believe that, that, that your ministry can bring that out of you. Well, I've said this a hundred times here this week probably. And that means that we are precise. We, we are set together for that to happen. Ephesians 2, um, 8, I think 9 and 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Now, God can give us wisdom for renovation. Proverbs um, 22, 29. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. So to move the governments of the earth, it takes skilled individuals. It doesn't take called individuals. I mean, it does, but they have to move on to skill. How many can wait on the Lord until they're skilled? Not very many. Because, see, we don't value the weight. We value the gift, not the weight. If we don't value the weight, the gift can destroy people. If we value the weight, the weight can heal. So we have to learn how to value. I'm just preaching to people like your preachers, right? And we will stand before obscure men. When you allow God to renovate you, you get new people in your life. Now, let me, I only have a few more things to say. It's very hard for some people to get new people into their life because they didn't know what to do with the old ones. You understand? Somebody tried to be your friend and you thought they was trying to be your enemy, so you just kept yourself and they just 
finally just stop talking to you. And you'd say, they don't like me. They don't. You're right. They don't. <laughs> I don't blame them. Because we don't know how to receive people into our life that stretch us. We as human beings have a hard time with the stretch. No man puts a new piece of garment on the old. We have a hard time with the weight for the stretch. It's not built into us to put ourselves in places where that we could um, be the last man on the totem pole, so to speak, or the lowest man. But it'll stretch you. It'll, it'll make you great, even in business. If you will advance somebody else, you'll come up. When you allow God to do that, then the new people that come into your life came in there because of the value they saw in you. And guess what? They'll pull it out of you. I always, when I teach ministry, I teach, you don't know what's in you until you meet a stretcher. You don't know what's not in you until you meet a stretcher. I had one of my ministers says conference because I call on them like on the moment, and I tell them, talk about that right there. Because I want to see, is that in you? And so what? The last conference we have is in Florida. Not the last one, but the one I had in Florida. She said to me, I was all ready this time. <laughs> I was all ready. Because, see, the stretcher had stretched them to be ready in season and out. Now, that's what happens in life. We're not prepared sometimes for what hits us. But if we understand what I said earlier, and I'm trying to do this in a hurry. If we understand what I said earlier. That we can't, we, there's no way to put that new thing onto that old garment. That old garment is, is, we thought of it as bad. It is a great thing. Now, the old bottle isn't because it was made to hold, to be opened, and to pour. But the new bottle receives the new wine. There's a difference. So when he brings new people into your life, they'll get your new wine. Because you've been expanded. And I'm saying this as friends. I'm saying this as business people. I'm saying this as career people. I'm saying this as just plain church pe people who go every day and who just work every day. Everybody that's around you, this is applicable. Because when we get our lives into a position to where that we ourselves understand who we are in God, we can grab hold of things we couldn't grab before. And we won't try to be so graspy. And we won't be so fearful. How many of you know that fear is the greatest stress we have in life? Because what it does is it lies to us constantly, beats us upside the head and tell, tell us that things are not going to be the same. I want to announce something to you. They don't need to be. They don't need to be. I get bored with the same thing. I don't like the same thing all the time. And I told my wife one time, if, if we keep on being the same thing, we ain't going to be a thing. That didn't go over good. You marry your opposite, don't y'all know that? You just do. And one of you likes the same thing, the other says, oh, we're going to change this. Hallelujah. But we made it 50 years, so y'all ain't got no stones to throw. You know what I'm saying? But, but 50 years of real stretching. Let me share something with you. Yeah, somebody thinks I'm funny out there. It might be funny to hear, but it wasn't funny to live, let me tell you. 
Anyway, I'm fully invested. Everybody say, I'm going to get fully invested. Let's make some decisions tonight. You can tell apostle later. You can tell pastor staff later. I'm going to get fully invested. Fully invested is making people, people full of hope. I'm going to give people hope. What is wrong with giving folks hope? Hallelujah. They'll look at you and tell you, I can't make it. Oh, yes, you can. I'm going to throw you a rope. Give them hope. Everybody needs hope. I need hope. You need hope. I need hope that we're going to get out of this service tonight without you thinking I'm crazy. I need hope. Hallelujah. Don't you? Yes. Immerse yourself into something. Fully commit. Sometimes we're not committed to nothing. We're just living life going through, drifting like, you know, just drifting like a robot. we got to have some aims. we got to have some goals and some ambitions. Can you, can you say yes? we got to create and be creative and make stuff happen. Roll on, baby. Get something done. Hallelujah. If you don't like empty seats, go get your family and tell them to get their butt in church. At least try. I'm encouraging you tonight. Do you know that the only reason you think people won't listen to you is because you ain't said nothing? It's true. It is so true. Just saying. Yeah, it's right. Mm -hmm. Now, are y'all dealing with the RTC syndrome? Hmm? Resistance to change syndrome? Are you dealing with that? RT? I meet people all the time deals with resistance to change. I want you to stay the same. There ain't no way. Have you took a look? Uh, let me show you a picture. There ain't no way. It's just God's curse on mankind to let them wrinkle up like this. And I'm telling you, there is no way. And let me tell you something. The more wrinkled I get outside, the younger I get inside. It's true because I fight age. I want to live and finish. Can you say amen? And so I don't count myself old at all. There's times I feel it, and so I don't let it get me. And I'm telling you straight up, when you have something that makes you want to change the world, and you have something that makes you want to change lives, you have a reason to live. When you have something that is bigger than you are, bigger than anything that you possess in life, something you can't quit even though you want to, times you want to retire and God refires, when you've got something like that, I guarantee you life will overtake your death. And I'm believing that. Can you say amen? If I die tomorrow, just remember I was done because I'm telling you straight up I'll not give up easy and it's not because I love being on the planet it's because I love what I do on the planet I love you I love what God made you to be and I want you to live long and I want to see this church grow and prosper I want to see Pastor Matt become the greatest pastor that he could ever become why because he is the son of the apostle and DNA is in him can you say amen I want to see these young ministers go and do what God has called them to do that you have poured into and sold into. I want to see your marriages work. I want to see your life prosper. I want to see you overcome the mountains that need to fall flat in front of you. Why? Because God's heart wants all that for you. John 5 and 1. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went into Jerusalem, and now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches, grace. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick. Remember, they were laying in grace. But tradition didn't know it. 
For the angel of the Lord went down at a certain season into the pool and stirred up the water. Whosoever then first, after the water was stirred up, stepped in, was made well from whatsoever disease which he was afflicted of. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him laying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, what do you want? Well, here's what the man said. I'll paraphrase. I ain't got anybody to put me in there. Because he was bound. How was he bound? He was bound. He wasn't bound by sickness. What was he bound by? The way it had been done all this time. All this time. But he was sitting in grace. The number five means grace. Five porches full of people. They're all sitting in grace. But because they think somebody's got to get them in the pool or who gets there first, their mind had never conceived that they could get up because they were sitting in grace. That's how powerful is religion. They were sitting in grace. Grace is the ability of God to do supernatural and spiritual things. Jesus said, get up. Now, mercy and grace was talking. Because mercy was going to help him supersede what was. And the Bible said the man got up. Jesus said, don't tell anybody. Take up your bed. So grace don't need verbality necessarily. It needs evidence. And the Bible said that he put that bed around his neck. And everybody said, where is he? Who did this? What is going on? 38 years of bondage. One word from grace and mercy shifted thousands of people. An era ended. The angel could not or did not need to come again. I'm not saying they didn't. They didn't need to because Jesus showed them what was already there. What is already in you is enough to brave any storm you're in. Feel the Holy Ghost. Any trial you're walking through, any sorrow, any hurt, any pain, any disappointment, any sickness. But we got to grab hold of the bed and get up. We can lay in it. We can roll around in it. We can make payments on it. We can charge it to MasterCard. We can do everything we can do. We can call Visa up and get another card and see if we can get some further loans on our sorrow and our pain. Or we can get delivered. And we can say, forgetting those things which are behind me, I'm fixing to reach. And I'm reaching to what you are. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Not because of what you just did. Because who you are remains forever, ancient of days. <laughs> Woo! Who you are is what you are, where you are, and always will be. 
you will never change. Glory to God, but I will. Just because I could hear you. Can you imagine what that man felt like when something hit him in the mind that was more powerful than the 38 years of being lame? He got up. His legs had to respond to the living word of God. I speak to you tonight, that, and I speak to myself, that anything that wants to take us out or down or limit us to our future must hear the words that grace created. Get up. Get up where you're at. Get up right where you are and serve the Lord. Get up and shout the victory. Get up and declare as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Don't be ashamed of what is behind you. Hey, look forward to what is in front of you. You don't have to go out and tell people how it happened because you are a miracle. I don't know about you, but I am a miracle. I am a miracle coming in and I am a miracle going out. I should be dead, but yet I'm living. Don't you understand tonight we are in a moment uh, but our future is tomorrow our future is in front of us ah what has happened behind us has made us greater in the future immediately the bible said that this happened this is the last thing the man had to change the conviction of his heart he was convicted this is what should happen but grace changed his convictions as to how he could be healed. Now he's convicted that the healer is alive. This don't take no water, no angel. It just takes him. Mm. Can somebody hear that tonight? Put your hand in the air with me. Again, we thank you. Can you go to the piano? Again, we thank you. We thank you. That no law binds us. That no law delivers us. They may teach us things, but that's not spiritual. What is, is who you are. And you, O oh Lord, are so exalted as you walk by our lives where we sit tonight and you tell us just take your bed and walk thank you for listening today to the living godcast we trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word if you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.